Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. I am Padres beat writer Kevin Acey. I work for the Union Tribune, and that's my boss, UT Sports Editor Jay Posner. I'm in San Francisco. Jay's in San Diego. Jay, I was looking at that 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 slide deck. You know, our producer, uh, if people are watching it live, our producer John Kelly has of all these wonderful, happy scenes of a very successful team, big moments early in the season, and I think probably from last season as well. I recognize some, and that just all seems so long ago. Where would you like to start as we dive into the last regular season Hot Lava podcast? I was just looking at the standings to refresh my memory uh, on on where things stood. And seeing the Padres at 78 and 81 just seems like we talked about on many other podcasts. How did, how did we get to this point? So uh, I think we've covered we've covered a lot of that. We probably should, I don't want to say not look back because we still need to do that. But I, I guess we should start with the with the obvious, which is the managerial situation. I've written a couple times about this, including today, I guess yesterday and today, with players going to the front office and I guess basically complaining about uh, about Jace Tingler. I'm, I'm sure Jace Tingler's probably gone to the front office and complained about the players, you know, sucking at their job if if they think just as they think he sucked at his. So. Anyway, I, I mean, we probably should start there. I, I certainly can't fathom any circumstance under which Tingler could be brought back. You know, I think I mentioned last time, you'd, if you're going to bring him back, you'd almost have to extend him, and you certainly can't extend him at this point. And I, I just think it's a, you know, it's kind of a bad situation that's that's gotten a little worse, and through whatever, however much of it is his fault, is is very debatable, at least in my opinion. He was put into a situation that maybe he wasn't ready for. Maybe he was. I, I I don't know. I don't think hiring, saying, you know, that they should have hired an experienced manager was necessarily the ticket because the last three managers to win the World Series had no experience. But it's almost like, and I'll leave it at this, when the Chargers fired Marty Schottenheimer after a 14-2 and two season, to me, that wasn't egregious. What was egregious is they hired someone who wasn't as good as Marty Schottenheimer. So if you're going to replace someone, and in this case, Andy Green, if you're going to replace Andy Green, you need to hire somebody better than Andy Green. And I'm not sure that they, in this case, that they did that. You could boil it down if you, I mean, there's many ways, and you need to look at this, uh, and you need to look at A.J. Preller. But one of his responsibilities is hiring managers. And right. I don't care if he hired, you know, you would be better than me. But uh, uh, if he hired you or, 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 or I, uh, to manage in 2016, the results were going to be about the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then that's why the whole thing about Dave, they didn't hire Dave Roberts. I mean, Dave Roberts was going to win every NL West as a podcast. I don't manager, know like this for a fact. Manager. I don't know this for a fact, but I, I suspect it is true that Dave Roberts has hit his knees every day since then <laughs> in gratitude. And I, I mean, yeah, that's funny, but like, are you kidding me? Like Dave right. Roberts would have been fired and on his second job or back to being a bench coach by now. So anyway, yeah. um, okay. so then the big hire though was Jace Tingler. And I do mm -hmm. happen to believe that an experienced manager could have affected a difference there. That mm -hmm. said, Jay, your points, I think I've made it before. I think players are making it. Um, the players have let down the organization, the fans, everybody by their collective play. Um, there have been some good moments, some good seasons, but you know, 
So, but I do believe that, and we may never get to the bottom of it. As you said, maybe he was ready. Maybe he wasn't. It appears that he was not ready. His own admission after, um, you know, there was reporting on it, his own admission that he uh, didn't handle confrontation well, he needed to be more assertive. That speaks to a guy that, you know, wasn't ready. Here's the thing. In 2021, I don't think you get the same chance that, you know, Tony La Russa got, uh, the, you know, the Hall of Fame manager. You know, at one point, he was a rookie manager as well. Right, uh, right. When I was talking with Ron Washington last week, talking about learning year one to year two to year three about that very thing. So, um, you know, but it appears that there will be a new manager. All the talk inside, outside is an experienced manager. Could go back to Ron Washington. Don't know. Uh, Buck Showalter, okay. Certain uh, third baseman wasn't necessarily on board with that last time. We'll see if he is now. Things change. Things things evolve, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe, you know, like, like you know, done working with you, Jay. Maybe I don't want a hard ass anymore after you leave, right? But then a couple <laughs> years later, um, I'm ready to have another Jay Posner. I, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, there. I don't see any way. I don't think that was the case a couple weeks ago or maybe even a week ago. That, mm-hmm. that A.J. Preller was still exploring how could he keep the guy that he believes in, to his credit, all right, the guy he believes in. That's great. Um, right. And if he was going to do that, I mean, and there were signs he was doing this. If he's going to do that, you are doubling down. You are saying, oh, yeah. my way is working. This is my manager who's going to carry it out, and then we are going to hire coaches that are going to carry it out. Well, that's what they thought they were doing last time. So now here you are, and AJ has a heavy hand in the hiring of the coaches. Now here you are, and, you know, the coaches um, are trying to do what they're told, but then they're also being told certain things, and they're the guys who have to work with players. And I've written about this, and I would say the athletic piece had a lot of detail. That's what the athletic does. Uh, they pour a lot of resources. They have a lot of details and write 8,000 words. That, that had a lot of details about this kind of culture that is happening, that, you know, AJ Preller has a certain way he wants to do things. That's really your issue here. That's really your issue. Um, and Willie will now I will say this in AJ Preller's defense. AJ Preller does not interfere with the manager's managing of games. Mm-hmm. So is somebody gonna be willing to come in here and be like, all right, great, I've got the team. But the rest of the time, A.J. Preller and his coaches and his analytics department and everybody is um, determining how we're going to practice. I mean, by the way, remember Will Myers uh, on Twitch, September 2019? Can't believe Andy's. Do you think that was Andy Green's idea? Right. Okay. (laughs) So. Well, it's and all the stuff with the lineups and everything that, you know, it's it's easy it's easy for, for for fans to believe that all of this is Tingler. And as soon as Tingler's gone, everything's going to be fixed. They just need to get Bruce Bochy in here, and the whole world is is saved, and the Padres are going to win 105 games next year. I, I just I, I will always refuse to believe that the manager can can have that much difference on on a team. I mean, Gabe Kapler was run out of Philadelphia. You know, the Giants have had an incredible season yesterday, and I, I tweeted this last night, and, and I, had, I felt like there was no risk of being wrong. The Giants were tied in the ninth inning. Lamont Wade came off the bench, the guy who never faces left-handers. Dave Fleming uh, on the broadcast, the Giants broadcast, who might be my, my favorite play-by-play guy anywhere right now, says Lamont Wade is four for 36 
against left-handed batters or left-handed pitchers. He was facing a left-handed pitcher, and I tweeted, he's four for 36, which means he's going to win the game right here. And that's the way the Giants are going this year. When you're going that well, it's like the Cardinals when they won all these games. It doesn't matter what you do. It it works out. You know, Bruce Bochy, by all accounts, is a very good manager. When he had good players, he won a lot of games. When he didn't have good players, he lost a lot of games. So the question for this team is, do they have good players? That's the bottom line. How good are some of these players? Are they as good as they think they are? Are they as good as the front office thinks they are? And that's what it's going to come down to. And I don't care who your manager is, when you're standing out there throwing, you know, and you're on the mound facing Chris Taylor or Trey Turner or Lamont Wade or whoever it is, really doesn't matter who your manager is right there. Now, coaching and all that helps, but you're the one that has to produce. And right now, the Padres have a lot of guys who didn't produce. And look, it's not a it's not an excuse to say this. They had a lot of injuries. I mean, they're final weekend comes and they're down to one starting pitcher. Um, so th- they did have a lot of injuries, which has not helped this complete collapse. I mean, they collapsed, you know, earlier uh, as well, but injuries have contributed as well. And it's kind of like the Pagan situation the other night, you know, everybody wanted Jace Tingler fired on the spot for having Pagan in the game. Who, and I, you, I'm, I was glad you pointed this out in your newsletter. Who else was there? You know, you could make arguments like we all do. This guy or right. this guy. Now, some of the people that people thought should be in there were not available. Some other ones, sure, cool. Uh, put that guy I mean, in, see how he does. Okay, right. And I think, and the problem is, once you bring a guy in like that, and this happened with with Stammen when he gave up the four home runs in a row. When you give up a home run, okay, you give up a home run. You're not gonna, you don't immediately get a guy ready because somebody gave up a home run. You give up two home runs. Now you got to get somebody ready. He got the third guy out, as I remember. Yes. So, And then he was facing uh, Bellinger, who's one of the worst hitters in baseball this year. And he got a guy out, and you're thinking, okay, we can get one more out here from Bellinger, and then I can, you know, then we can go to Melanson exactly. at, that, at that stage. And, you know, he didn't get Bellinger out. To me, again, that's that's more on Pagan. Now, what, what is on Tingler is that after the home run to Bellinger, he let Pagan face another hitter. And to me, that was inexcusable. Uh, it was like who when Stammen gave up. Who almost right? And when Stammen gave up the three home runs that day, I think it was Andy Green managing. Then yes, he should have had him out after three. They could have stalled enough to do that. So it's kind of the one more batter type of thing. But having him pitch to Bellinger in that situation, he's in the game. You don't have much else right there. You're not going to go to Melanson for two innings at this stage of the season, especially. So so you're you're. Without a doubt. I mean, look, uh, injuries, but look, by the time they got to where they didn't have the starting pitchers, where Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez were in the rotation, uh, they didn't have a cushion because they hadn't won games that they should have won when they were healthy. But right. it all falls apart. Ryu Darvish, probably the hit bothering him uh, the entire second half. Uh, so that those all play in there. Uh, last thing on Jace, if, if we could. Uh, you know, I do believe that you're correct. How much can a manager affect? And and some players will say as much as, as 10 or 12 games based on bullpen usage if the guy's atrocious or right. he's just pulling all the right strings and getting guys, you know, work and getting them up and all that. Um, but the culture where it is just isn't it just isn't allowed that you're going to go into this kind of slide. That's that mm-hmm. is something that a manager has to be able to affect. Um and if he can't, 
maybe it is like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe his players are just terrible. I don't think that's the case here. And I, and I want to address this. In no way have these guys quit. Let's just say they're the most selfish ball players in the world. Well, then they haven't quit because one of them's going for the MVP. One of them's trying to get, you know, build his Hall of Fame resume. Several of them are trying to build their arbitration uh, cases. Uh, one guy's trying to build himself for free agency next year. Like, you know, they, they were they, down they five. Wit. They were down five one the other night, and they scored eight unanswered runs in a game where. Matt but when Scherzer you're griping and pitching. you're and you're right. you're upset and you're frustrated, is your preparation going to be as good? Um, are you going to be able to just turn it on and get on the field? So like, there's just a lot that goes into it. But to go from to like they quit, they have right. not quit. And that's Look the at one some thing. of the plays Manny Machado's making. Exactly, and he and you know he's not a hundred. He's not nowhere near a hundred percent healthy at this point. And Tatis is playing despite you know having a shoulder issue. We'll get to Tatis in a minute. One of the things about the the manager and affecting the clubhouse and all that, and to me, and I know I'm in the minority on this. To me, that's still on the that's still on the players to get their house in order. And Indeed. and 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 be, you know they're supposed to have this all this leadership and everything. They said they did right. It, Right, and so they they need to be better in that situation. I, we don't have all day, so I want to get to Preller. He has five years left on his contract. That doesn't mean he should be allowed to serve out all five years. I can't see them. I mean, you know better than I do. I can't see them making a change at this point. They just extended him, but I do think that he's got to be. He's got the temperatures turned up right now, and if anyone is on the hot seat next year, it's not whoever the manager is, it's the general manager who is going to hire that manager and is going to have to do whatever he does to the roster to make some fixes. And, you know, Preller has, has put together, has brought in a lot of talent, allegedly. Maybe some of that talent's not quite as good as he thought it was. Maybe they've disappointed him. Maybe they weren't coached right, all that sort of thing. He, you know, he hired Tingler, his friend, and it didn't work out. Um they they're doing things a certain way. And if he's going to double down on that, that's that's his business, obviously. But at some point, the front the the upper management above him, and, and that means Peter Seidler. And I'm looking forward to hopefully Peter Seidler talking after the season because he's been very, very quiet during uh during all this, despite I know efforts have been made to talk to him. Um I'm looking forward to what does Peter Seidler have to say about the job that AJ Preller's done so far. This Hot Lava Padres podcast segment is brought to you by Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, located in Escondido and serving the San Diego community for over 60 years. Who has the best deals in the auto game? It's got to be Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, the auto all-stars. Right now, lease a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock Edition, Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo, or Jeep Renegade Latitude for only $198 a month or 0% APR and no payments for 90 days. Head to Jack Powell Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Escondido, San Diego, where we make shopping easy. Find these deals today during Jeep Adventure Days. For all these things that we've talked about, my original article about uh, some of the meddling, what the athletic has done, um, this article recently talking about the disconnect of the coaches and all that stuff. You know, World Series franchises were not perfect. 
right? They didn't make all the perfect moves. Of course. There's a, there is a, a prevailing theory that if AJ Preller will just allow the manager and his coaches to, to do things, you know, pick the right guy, pick the right coaches and allow that person to work with this roster, obviously make some upgrades. It's not like, oh, culture change, man. AJ really has to learn from his mistakes. That would be a nice thing. But, um, you know, there's got to be this top-down change. I I don't know that. I I think that this managerial hire, if we just go back to what we started with, is Mm -hmm. supremely important. So Yeah, just as – and I think that was the case two years ago. And, and, you know, look, for 60 games last year, it looked like everything – like everything was great in first 60 games or so this year. Strange, um, huh? You know. Great, really good point today in Tom Krasovic's column where he went back and there were, is it 12? This woe-be-gone fra- uh, uh, like franchise. Like nine or ten, I think that might have been nine. This terrible franchise yeah. has had nine 60-game periods that were better than last year's record. That tells you we were all fooled from the commissioner to the Dodgers to the AJ Preller to the players. We were all fooled by the 60 game season. And I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again in my season wrap up why the Padres were so well built for a 60 game season. Right. And and I don't I, I don't want to take anything away from what anybody accomplished, but it was a mirage. Yeah, and uh, that story for anybody who hasn't seen it yet was it's it's only been up as we tape this early in the afternoon on Friday. It's just been up a little while, uh, so you can catch Some it really online. Good stuff in there. It'll be it'll be in the newspaper tomorrow uh, as well, and also in the newspaper tomorrow. Will and online later tonight will be Kevin Acey writing about the National League MVP race. Um, I put together a little chart this morning that I sent to to Kevin. And the uh, copy desk with had six players listed as the six players I saw as candidates uh, for MVP. I'll try to remember them. It was Tatis, it was Brandon Crawford, it was Austin Riley, it was Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and I threw in Paul Goldschmidt uh, of the Cardinals as well. Although out of those six, he would probably be my sixth, uh, my sixth guy there. But out of the top five, I, I'm not sure there's an obvious vote there because I, I think a lot of this and I, I was actually uh, texting back and forth with with Kraz this morning about the RB the MVP and it all comes down to what do you consider valuable and do you have to be on a winning team a playoff team to be valuable and it doesn't say that in the award but I think a lot of times that's sort of intimated that it's there now the American League this year is going to be, is not like that because and I think Mike Trout has gotten has gotten hosed out of a couple of MVP awards because I think if you are so far and away the best player in the league someone who has done more than anybody else like Trout did almost every year for the last 6 years or so until now um and certainly his his teammate Shohei Otani has done this year I, I think then whether your team wins or not it doesn't matter it's not it's not your problem yeah. now in the National League this year, I don't know. Look, look at the candidates I I listed. You know, out of all those guys, the most the guy who's been the best on a winning team is Brandon Crawford of the Giants. He's been great at shortstop. His WAR number is only a little bit less than a couple of the other guys. By all accounts, he's been a great one of their leaders. Uh, the Giants have had this unbelievable season. So, kind of given the old school way of voting for MVP that your team is good and all that. 
I would I would vote for Brandon Crawford in that situation. But if you think it's the guy who was the best player, now you got a whole other story. Maybe it's Tatis, but Tatis if if Tatis had played twenty more games and and performed at a level unlike recently, although last night's home run was incredible, but he has not been all that great recently. Um, then you'd say it was Tatis. Bryce Harper, been fantastic. Juan Soto, been amazing. Good luck picking a winner out of all these guys. And I'm one of the guys who will do it. And there's a reason that there's 30. There's two from each National League team. Um, For me, back in 1997, I had an MVP vote, and I was an old-school voter, like what you just said. Like, man, to me – it's the best player on the best team was kind of the prevailing thing, right? Um, in ter- especially up at the top of the ballot, because you go one through ten, and where you put a guy third or second could determine a lot of things. Sure. But um, but the number one is obviously who do you think's the MVP? And now I am more of a who is the best player. And so I've kind of screwed myself based on everything you just said because <laughs> I don't know who the best player is, but I do use value to a winning team as I call them tiebreakers. It's not a tiebreaker, but it's like one of those factors that's out there. And if when I sit down here over the next couple nights and I think that Brandon Crawford is right there with those other guys, and I have no idea. Soto to me, it's, it's Soto Harper and Harper. If the Phillies had won and Harper had kept going, which he's cooled off a little bit, Harper yep. was probably going to have to be your MVP, but Soto Harper, Tatis and Crawford. If I think that Crawford who's below all those three guys, but it's, but it's golly, it's just right there. I'm going to factor in his defense. I'm going to factor in the fact that the giants have the best record in baseball and he's a big reason for it. And he would be my MVP. That's that's right. where I'll be. But that's where my thinking is right now. Um, to me, until a month ago, it was Fernando Tatis Jr. If you had told me that Fernando Tatis Jr. was going to come back on the 15th of August and finish the season. I would have been like, oh, well, then I think at 120 games or whatever, it'll be 130, 30, um, yeah. that 130. Um, yeah, 120 was where my cutoff was like, man, can I really vote for a guy with 120, 130 games? Um I would have been like, yeah, that's probably going to be the MVP. Harper kept ascending. Juan Soto, I have a problem. Just like Crawford would be my tiebreaker this way, Soto would be my tiebreaker down because that team sucks. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't think right, any they pitchers also, he didn't, are of course, really he worried about pitching like, oh, if Juan Soto hits a home run here, Juan Soto gets on base, I got a big problem because this lineup is just a nightmare to face. Go he ahead. didn't trade away Trey Turner, though. Not his fault, but you know, I know, I know what you, I know what you mean. I, I absolutely. So, but do you, all of that was to say, yeah, Jay, this one's really a mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tatis, if he plays all three games this weekend, would would finish at 130 games. Okay, count. I mean, obviously, a couple of those he didn't start; he came in and or pinch hit or or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that you know, that's right, sort of on the edge. Craw- Crawford only played a few more games. Actually, he was out. Um, well, he's he was old. out for a little while again. And you could, what's that? He's old too. He is. He he is. Some days he's, he's, like, he's like 12 years older than Tatis, I think, or maybe maybe 14 years older than Tatis. I'm not even sure. Um, I think one thing, and 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 Kraz, Kraz would kill me if I didn't mention this, because he wrote a column about this, that Tatis might be the MVP of the league, but he doesn't think, and I know there are others who agree with him, he doesn't think that Tatis is the MVP of the Padres, that Manny Machado is, because Machado was available all the time. And 
and Tatis wasn't. And Tatis, look, his defense in the first half was not good. Not good at all. It was terrible. His defense in the second half has been good. Whether he played in the outfield, I mean, he, I think he's had two errors since the All-Star break, uh, or maybe three, one in the outfield and two at shortstop. So it, he's definitely gotten that straightened out. His offense was off the charts for most of the year. But again, like Harper in September, he faded. And until that home run last night, um, it looked like he was never going to hit the ball again because guys kept throwing sliders three inches off the plate and he couldn't help himself. He just swung at all of them and and kept missing. But, uh, you know, that home run's going to get – that home run actually sort of helps bring him back into the conversation a little bit because that was – such a colossal blast that it was all over social media last night. There's no way anybody missed it. And I'm sure some of the voters were like, oh, yeah, that guy's still playing. There's my point, Jay. This team proves as much as any that games in August, July, June are just as important as games in September. It sort of made me laugh a little bit. People so upset about that Pagan issue the other night. Nothing matters with this team right now. Do you realize Pedro Avila is starting tonight? They're trying just to get through to the end of the season. Right. So so um, the fact that, I mean, I really do need to go back and say, because you're going to laugh at me when I say this, where would the Padres be without Tatis? And your answer is going to be, well, where are they now? Who has the best deals in the auto game? It's got to be Jack Powell, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, the Auto All-Stars. Right now, lease a new 2021 Ram 1500 Warlock Edition, Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo, or Jeep Renegade Latitude for only $198 a month or 0% APR and no payments for 90 days. Head to Jack Powell, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram in Escondido, San Diego, where we make shopping easy. Find these deals today during Jeep Adventure Days. Would they even be here without Tatis? Would they even have been the darlings of the game? Would they have been four and a half games up in the wild card race on August um, uh, 10th? So, so I, I have to remember that, you know what? That's been a pretty good season for Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, without, <laughs> without a doubt. And if you, and if you just look at, if you put the numbers together and if you believe, if you're a, a believer in war, I believe his war number is the highest one among the position, or I think Soto is higher. I think Soto's um, higher. But I think Soto's passed him and Tatis is second. But he, he is, Fernando's had a great season. Nobody nobody should ever say otherwise. He did fade some in this, in this period over the last couple of weeks. But he had periods earlier in the year, you know, everybody has periods where they do that. And, you know, maybe Juan Soto had a period like that in May, but nobody, you know, we weren't watching him. Right. So we didn't we didn't see it. We did see it now. If Manny's OPS was 20 points higher, which I know it's a big if, yeah. I'd have him in this discussion because I do know how valuable he is to this team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, defensively, they're oh. every day. And and I can't remember, but there are a bunch of there's guidelines. It's a very vague ballot, but one of them is you don't have to consider a, a, a team's record. And there's defense in there. And I do believe that there's like uh, it doesn't say this, but like durability, you know, the being playing all the time sure. is is a factor uh, or can be a factor. Like I said, it's a very vague and it's the same. I love it. It's part of baseball. It's been the same ballot, I think, since it was written in, uh, you know, 1427. <laughs> That's where we're at, Jay. We're looking at the MVP. We're uh, we're going to watch the Giants celebrate on their field, probably, unless they have to wait for a Dodgers result. And then they do it in their clubhouse and the Padres don't have to be subjected to that. Yeah, it almost feels I don't know. I, I kind of hope that. 
I think the Giants, I think teams deserve to celebrate on the field. I think that's better. And I think in this case, the best way for, the, for it to happen with the Giants is both teams win tonight and then the Giants win tomorrow because right. uh, they play early and I think the Dodgers play at night. And then the Giants can have their celebration and, and all that. And if any team deserves to celebrate, it's the Giants. This is just one of the you, – you could not think of a more remarkable – season than the Giants have put up. I I think somebody sent out an email today and I forwarded to you about the teams that have been the the best and worst compared to their over under numbers at the start of the year. And I believe the Giants are like 29 and a half games above their over and they're not done yet. I mean they're they're at 105 wins, I think. Is it 105? Yeah. 105 wins right now. And they still have three games left. The Dodgers are at 103 are going to play against against Pedro Pedro Avila uh, and I don't know, Reese Kinnear will probably pitch Sunday. Maybe I I don't know, but whatever it is, the Giants are the Dodgers could win 106 games and be a wild card team. And I know everybody's heart is breaking over that right now. You you uh you, said, <laughs> you talk about this overperforming, underperforming, whatever. Uh, there was a tweet yesterday, and I don't respond to these tweets because I don't want it to be construed I'm making fun or being snarky, and that's basically. You know, you don't hear anything on Twitter like, hey, how are you? You hear it in your voice when someone writes it like, you're the biggest idiot in the world. And and I just don't want to participate in that. But I think it was Fox MLB put out something, you know, who's the most disappointing and, uh, you know, um, the surprise, uh, good team, surprise, bad team. And I'm like, there's only two answers. If you asked for only wrong answers, people would still only say the Giants and the Padres. The only other team. The only other team that's close to the Padres is the Twins because they, they were supposed to be really good and they're really bad. They weren't Slam Diego. They didn't have all that. They didn't have, make the win the offseason. I just no, don't think and it's – And they didn't have the – they were going to have the new rivalry and all but that. But here I, in the I'm division – yeah. and that, that, that shows the disparity. But here in the yeah. same division you have the Giants who like – no one, in, even in baseball, not two schlebs like you and I, no one in baseball can like believe this. And no um, and then you have the Padres and yeah, whatever. Yeah, no one can right. believe that either. So there we are. Kevin, enjoy your weekend. Uh, the last one on the road for you in a very nice city, obviously. Nice weather. Everybody out there do the same. Be safe. And we will come back next week. Won't be able to do this at the beginning of the week, but we'll come back uh, in the middle of the week. We'll talk about the, I would presume a managerial change would have happened by then, or at least the managerial departure. And uh, we'll talk about that and uh, what's ahead. We'll break down the roster. We got all sorts of stuff to do. Thanks, everybody.